0: All right, tomorrow's leaders. Once again, I've got another great guest for you, Howard Berndorf, who successfully founded four companies in the biotech space and really cool conversation. I just asked him a lot about what is it like? What's the startup process and what are the challenges? And we talked, of course, a lot about leadership and also, as he uh, considers it, the five attributes of what goes into success With a startup. So really interesting stuff, different than the normal uh, guest for sure. And the insights he shares, very valuable. So I think you're going to really enjoy this. Here's Howard. All right. Welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related related to leading yourself and leading others. I'm John Labrido, your host today with a great guest. I've got Howard Berndorf, uh, Berndorf, who is the uh, director on the board for Atomos Pharmaceuticals, uh, as well as a business consultant uh, at uh, Vision Clinical Research. Uh, Howard, it is great to have you on the show.
1: Good to be with you, John.
0: Yeah. I know we had a really nice conversation uh, just earlier about leadership. There's a lot I'd love to pick your brain on. And we've got a lot of, uh, obviously, leaders in the audience who are always curious to hear stories and insight about what goes into great leadership. And I know you've you shared that you've been impacted by a couple of really what you consider to be um, real leaders. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. What is a real leader? And Tell me about your experience with these these types of people.
1: Well, I had a professor in college and I had take, undertaken an independent study in science. It was a, sci- a biochemistry lab. Uh, and I really wasn't clear what I was doing. Uh, and this professor uh, sort of noticed that I was a little lost. And he took me under my his wing and really went through all of the things that I wasn't quite understanding, that I had some knowledge of. But he really sat down with me and made it very clear and made me understand things that I should have known by then, but I really didn't, Um, and was too embarrassed to say anything to most people. And I'll never forget this guy because he to me was a real leader in education because for him to do that, it really made me love science and it really changed my view on what I wanted to do with my life. And it really pushed me towards becoming involved in science for business.
0: Wow. And that's interesting because most most leaders don't necessarily do that. They don't take that approach yet. This is somebody who who really uh took the extra time with you and tapped in ultimately to something that you're very passionate about. Um why do you think some people just don't is that that seems like it's a pretty rare trait. Is that right? Do you find that?
1: Absolutely. I don't think that most people do things like that. His name was John Cole. is John Coleshad. He's still out there, I believe, at the college. Mm-hmm. And he was exceptional person. I, I don't think that most leaders take that level of uh, input into the people that they're dealing with mm-hmm. yeah. And for, for me, that was exceptional because it really changed, changed my life yeah it really good
0: well, it's interesting. That sounds to me like a, a transformational leader, which I've always looked at. Those are the people that tap into your heart and your head versus a transactional leader that's just more about so to speak, your feet and your hands. Uh, this person really transformed your life
1: uh, it was that it was more of a heart thing yeah. than uh, a knowledge thing, if you will.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned another individual that was in your mind a real leader. Tell us about that.
1: Well, I I think uh, his name is Brooke Byers, and he was with the venture capital firm Kleiner. He is with the firm Kleiner Perkins, Caulfield and Byers. They are one of the preeminent uh, venture capital firms in the country. And this was way back when he first started. And He came down to look at our deal that we had given them a six-page business plan after going out and buying a book called uh, How to Start Your Own Business. (laughs) So it was pretty bad. Um, But he he has affected my life. He's been with me now in six different companies over almost 40 years and has always been there for me. He's just uh, been an amazing leader and an amazing friend. I mean, obviously, we became friends over time. And uh, when I think of people that have really touched my life with uh, leadership issues, he's the top of the list.
0: Wow. What did he do specifically? I'm interested in that. So how did he touch your life? How did he leave you better than he found you, so to speak?
1: Well, for example. We're starting this company. I'm the first employee and the only employee. I'm sitting in an office with a desk and a chair, and nothing else. A little lab is in there, but there's nothing in it. So there were all these things that needed to be done that I had never done before, and like set up. Uh, they gave me a check for three hundred thousand dollars, even though we had asked for one hundred seventy-eight thousand dollars. Uh, as I said, that's the first and last time I ever got more money than I asked for. <laughs> and they just handed me this check and they said, go set up bank accounts and go do this and that. All these things I had never done before, but they trusted me and I went and I did them and they all came out okay. That's so great. really, it, it gave me a sense of confidence that I could do these things that I'd never done before. Yeah. And that they trusted me to do these things.
0: Yeah. Uh, Did they know which, that well, you had not done them before?
1: I assume so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they could have not known.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that's a great point. I mean, a lot of a lot of leader, a lot of becoming a great leader is is stepping outside your comfort zone and it's developing and, and gaining confidence from things that you've done that you hadn't done before, but you've done them successfully, which that sounds like was the case. And I think one of the best things a leader can do is put their people in that position to do that, to give them, it's almost like you're you're lending them confidence. When they were so confident handing you that check and said, hey, go do this and this, it almost put in your my guess, and I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but it almost probably infused some confidence in you because they were just so comfortable with that.
1: Absolutely. And it's like their leaders Their leadership, they were passing that leadership on to me because Mm -hmm. ultimately I would end up doing the same thing to other people over the course of my time
0: Mm. Uh, in
1: various companies. Uh, I had one guy that, I mean, several, I had a number of management people that just would follow me from one company to the next company that I would start because they wanted to be involved in it. And they wanted to be with me. And I thought that was amazing. Well, I didn't expect it.
0: Yeah. And that says a lot. I, I I, mean, that's that's what leadership is about. When you influence somebody the way that those two individuals influenced you the same way, if they came to you and and had something else that they were doing that they wanted you to be a part of, it's more about the person than it is even the project sometimes. And it Absolutely. sounds like the same with you. Now y- you you've had a very successful career. You've taken uh since back in the seventies, uh, four companies uh you started up in biotech very, very successfully. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, that's a really unique background, lots of success. What were some of the major challenges that you had? How'd you how'd you navigate that through that so
1: well? Well, always the biggest challenge in startups, is money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, 90% of a CEO's time is spent on finding money and making sure that you have enough money for now and for the next year. And then the second you do that, you're looking at the following year, the year after that. You always, that is your biggest uh, challenge is raising money and making sure you have enough money. Mm-hmm. And so, most of my time was spent traveling, giving presentations about the company to invest, potential investors. Yeah. That was my biggest uh, challenge: was keeping the mm-hmm. the uh, bank account full.
0: And, and what's your advice? I mean, there's a, there are a lot of people on uh, listening to this that are. Uh, in startup mode or thinking about that, or maybe they're on their second one or whatnot. What's your advice for having done that so well? Because I, I I, understand where you're coming from and having sat through a lot of presentations and whatnot. I mean, there's a wide variety of skill sets and everything. What goes into raising capital really well?
1: Well, I always used uh, this list of five attributes that I would say that I thought that a startup needed one of them had to do with money but the rest of them was uh, our technical excellence in other words in my mind the technology you're starting up should be proprietary should be patented or trade secret uh, for example because you want to make sure that others can't come in and follow you immediately and take you know try and take over your business So for me, that was very important, having a proprietary technology um, and technical excellence. Uh, Second was financing, which we just talked about. The financing has to be reasonable, though. An investor can't come in and take uh, 80% of the company in the first round of financing. It's got to be done in reasonable equity chunks so that you have some to give the employees and that you have more to follow up for follow on investments. Mm -hmm. The third is a strategic focus. Uh, You don't know how many times I've seen companies that are trying to do too many things. Um, it's, you have to be able to narrow your focus down to one or two things that are the crux of your business and that you really want to stay focused on and not uh, divert your attention to other things. Mm -hmm. Um, A sense of urgency is key. You want to get this done as quickly as possible. If that means breaking some rules, so be it. I mean, I was always one that was, (laughs) I would try and navigate the rules because I was in a hurry. Uh, I'm not talking about anything illegal, but totally, you know, getting things done quickly, having that sense of urgency was very important. And finally, having experience management. You don't want to go and hire somebody for your marketing job that's never done it before. Mm -hmm. You need to have people that not only have the experience, but also can fit uh, with the team. It's all about team building and having a good team that work with one another well and can get the job done ultimately with that sense of urgency.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, first of all, I love that. Great points there. And I, I to your last point there with teams, I see, I see a lot of leaders that do uh, two things that stick out. One, that don't have a really strategic focus. The business is all over the place or the leaders all over the place. They don't really not know where their sweet spot is and they're trying to do too much. Um, and i i there's a couple of organizations that come to mind where that's been the problem it's almost you scratch your head trying to think okay what is it that you're doing and what right. do people know you for and or do, what do you want them to know you for they can't know you for 12 different things um but the other thing you mentioned is is the experience management and building a team that really works uh how how often do you see leaders that don't know how to do this very well. In other words, they don't necessarily know where their unique ability is and where they need to hire or build a team around them. Do you see that as a problem a lot?
1: I have seen that, no no question. Um, it's been a while since I've been in the active community, so I can't say that I've seen it recently, But there are definitely examples of that where people bite off more than they can chew and don't stay focused on what they should be. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think that those companies make it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't there becomes. I mean, there's the, you know, always the exception. But for the most part, that is a real detriment to success.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think the uh, I, I see that as a. As a sign of a leader, I think a weak leader that is uh, trying to also do everything him or herself and everything runs through them, decisions, uh, everything, ideas, everything needs to come through them, in which case that's the bottleneck of the company and they just can't move fast enough.
1: That's absolutely the truth. And that's happened. I've seen that many times. Mm -hmm. Um, I I always thought that one of the first employees i should hire is legal and well and people didn't really understand that uh the the vcs would say what are you doing hiring a lawyer so soon i mean maybe you'll need one in the future but you can always use outside counsel but i always found that having uh an in-house lawyer at, at the early stages of the company was really helpful to me and the company not only did he know all of the legal uh, 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 all the legal issues of the company and could help us on those, but he was always at my. He was sort of like a consigliere. He would be my who I would balance my questions off of and my issues off of. And I used the same guy who followed me to all four companies. He was a a, a Ph.D. chemist from MIT and a lawyer with one of the biggest patent firms. And I was able to recruit him into this small company. And it was the best thing I ever did. And he came to all four of the companies that I started.
0: Wow. Well, that's great. And one, it probably gives you, first of all, when you have somebody to bounce ideas off of and have them be a sounding board, that's obviously provides huge value. But it probably also gives you a lot of confidence to know you got somebody that's on your side that's really helping you Navigate the right way and you know take the right steps or avoid the wrong steps. I would imagine Andy would
1: tell me if he didn't agree with. Me. Yeah. I mean, you know, he wouldn't just say, "Oh yeah, you're right," because I was the CEO and he wasn't.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, he really would tell me if I was uh, not thinking correctly.
0: Yeah, and you need that.
1: Valuable. Yeah, you right. need that. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. definitely. Need you
0: don't need that. people just nodding their head and agreeing. You need people that are gonna gonna give you their their real opinion and the real scoop. Absolutely. That's
1: for sure. Yeah. yeah, I really believe
0: that. Yeah, this is great. Well, I'll tell you what, this has been uh, fantastic. There's a lot more questions I'd love to ask you, uh, and maybe we can get a chance to dive in a little bit deeper, uh, maybe in a part two at some point. But with, and I'll just ask you maybe for a couple of thoughts uh, as you right now we're 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 in a very unique time. I think people have have. Uh, have learned to some extent how to adapt to a virtual world. Um, but moving forward, in terms of a leader's role, and you you may have uh, an entirely virtual organization or an organization that is partially virtual, any tips on how leaders can really adapt to that well or what the best leaders do in this type of environment where they're not necessarily in a building, in an office space, all day like they may have been in the past. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, I think it boils down to communication. That's key. Um, They've got to they've got a reputation which helps in this whole issue when they're doing this. And the fact that they have to be reliable here. This is a reliability factor is key, especially when you're doing it from a strange place or your home, you know, you're not doing it from your office where you're normally or you're used to. I think mm-hmm. you have to start thinking outside the box a little bit about how you do those things we talked about earlier and retain your keep your employees happy, but also keep them uh, having a sense of urgency and uh, the rest of those things we talked about.
0: hmm. So I
1: think I think it's going to be daunting task for some people to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be as easy as it was when you were sitting next to them and you could talk to them in person.
0: But just as you mentioned, with those those real leaders that impacted you, it comes down to leaving people better than you found them. And when you take a real, genuine, authentic interest in people and helping them do the things that they're capable of doing and reach their potential and find their passions, That's where you develop people, whether they're sitting across from you at a desk or they're across the other side of the country, they're going to be right there with you step in step.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree with that statement. If you, uh, it's all goes down to taking an interest and being there for the people when they need you. Mm -hmm. I agree totally with what you just said. That's key.
0: Great. Well, uh, we have been here with Howard Berndorf, who is a business consultant at vision clinical research and, uh, on the board with Adamus pharmaceuticals, uh, tons of leadership experience, tons of business success. Uh, Howard, if people want to get more information or maybe your perspective, uh, on leadership, where might they go? How do they get in touch with you?
1: I have, um, some articles that I put together that I'd be happy to, uh, uh, list them and have them available uh one that I wrote for nature about financing years ago and which is still highly relevant and a number a few others that I picked out and uh, I think there's a place that I can leave them for your audience to get a hold of them be happy to do that.
0: absolutely we'll put them in the show notes so for those of you who are listening uh and uh and have a chance later go to the uh, podcast. And you'll see in the show notes the links to those articles um, and any other information we could provide to you. But Howard, this has been great. I enjoy this short, but uh, very impactful, valuable insights, and uh, really appreciate your perspective.
1: John, it was a pleasure. I enjoyed it.
0: Absolutely. And thank you all for joining us today on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader. As always, uh, like, share, subscribe, all that kind of good stuff. And I greatly appreciate your thoughts and suggestions on future topics as well as future guests. And don't forget to go down below, give a five-star review. Let us know your thoughts, of course, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. And thanks again, Howard.
1: You're welcome. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader. For suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching, reach me at john at Once again, that's J-O-H-N at l a u r i t o g-r-o-u-p dot com thanks lead on